theyeshiva.net. Okay, good morning everybody, welcome. Uh, we're up to Ches, page Ches, second paragraph, Ulahoven Bir Hadvarim Anal. After all of the introductions, we now come to the meat of the explanation, so to speak. Till now was the build-up about what it says in Kabbalah about the calendar, all of the Haftaris from Shivasa Batamas all the way till Simchas the long introduction about Moshe Rabbeinu's conversation with the Rebbeinu Shalolim about Galus and both aspects of the question. Hashem's response to Moshe, and uh, back to the summation of the order of the calendar, the way it's described in the works of uh, of Nister of Kabbalah, and now starts the actual explanation. Now here comes a long marshal, a long parable that's going to extend a few pages: Ches, Tes, Yud, Yud Aleph, and Yud Beis, all the way till the end of Yud Beis. It's very rare that a metaphor should go for a few pages. Usually you have a marshal, a few lines, sometimes a few paragraphs. But here the the marshal, the metaphor, extends over many pages because it's a very intricate marshal, which as we see is a, which, as we will see is a mirror for the nimshal to convey the idea. So let's start the actual explanation. To understand the explanation of everything that was said above, <coughs> explaining the Tlasa, the Puranius, said the three Haftaris from Shivasa Batamas to the three weeks, which represents the Histalkos, the departure of Chachma bin Adas. And the reason is because a higher level of Moichin called Moichin of Atik is now being ripe, is becoming ready, is being developed. And in Shiva Denechem to the seven weeks of consolation, that higher level of Moichin is revealed to the Mashpia. Or in the words of Kabbalah, Moichin the Atik is revealed in Zah. And then the two weeks of Tshuva, Malchus, Malchus goes up, which means the Makabal opens himself up, creating an empty space, divesting himself from two different types of layers, which triggers within the Mashpia the Tainug, to give him the new awareness. So the awareness that we got during the Zeir Anpin wasn't... That wasn't we, that was Zeir Anpin. Zeir Anpin represents Midas of Atzillus. So right, Zeir Anpin, which is like the Mashpia. That's why the Lashon and Kabbalah is at Shivad and Nechem to the Gili of Moichin Latikas and Zah. And Yim Kippur, the Gili of Moichin Latikas, Nesham is the Biyah, Nesham is of Bri Yitzir which includes you and I. Huh? You're also in a Shama somewhere, Bri, Yitzir, Asiya, everyone is, uh, somewhere, somewhere is there. <laughs> Not just us, it's, the ganze Oilam. Oilam as Oilam and Oilam as Welt, world. And then Shmini Atzeres, and then Sukkot Shmini is the, is the Simcha, that the student, that the Neshama de Biyah experiences like by his Rebbe and even with more. Yeah. So this was all the Isis, 
What does it really mean? What does it mean? So he says, It'll be understood by a marshal. I don't know. I don't know. I was wondering why marshal is with the... From the way the teacher communicates seichel, communicates insight, awareness, truth to a student. Now you could think it's Tama Marshall. So he adds something very interesting. The Magid, the Magid of Mizrich, in has, it has his safe, it's called Ur Torah. It's different teachings that his students wrote down. The Magid himself, we don't have Torah that he wrote. But Ur Torah is the safer that students wrote. It was a compilation. Just like from the Baal Shem Tov, we don't have Torah that he wrote. We have Torah that some of the students wrote, compiled together in a sefer called Keser Shem Tov, or Tzavos HaRivosh, or to have different compilations, later generations, Baal Shem Tov, Torah, and other compilations. The same is true from the Magas, a sefer Torah, or sefer, uh, I'm sorry, or Torah, right, sefer Lekutei Amorim. And in Ur Torah from the Magad, he says, that the most mechuvendike, meaning the most accurate, the most suitable marshal, to appreciate a little bit of in the oilamas, the flow of godliness in the worlds, the best marshal, the Magad says, is the relationship between the teacher and the student. Now here we're talking about a Rav and a Talmud in the most ideal form. Because we all had experiences with teachers and students so, you know, it's important when he says Rav and Talmud to understand the Rav who was completely dedicated to mentoring the student and the student who's completely dedicated to receive that mentorship from the master. And there's a tremendous connection there. Viyadaita, right. The Viyadaita, Viyadaita, right. The main marshal over there is the marshal of the Rav and the Talmud in terms of Tzimtzum and all that. Because again... Within humanity, within our vocabulary, as the Maggot says, this is the best marshal to appreciate Hashpas Alakus Bailamus. Rav A great mentor, a great Rav, who gives Seichel, who wants to be Mashpia, wants to communicate Seichel, which is awareness, ideas, insights, truth to his student. Every individual drush, any individual class, any communication between them, it's not just a class. It encompasses a parts of shalom. Parts of means a face, a full structure of all of the ten spheres. What do we, what do we mean by this? Generally, we say that Hashem has ten characteristics, ten spheres through which he created the universe, relates to the world, sustains the world. Chachma, Bina, Das, all the way down to Malchus. Nasa Adam B'Tzalmeinu Kidmuseinu. Person created in the image of Hashem. Our souls are also made up of ten characteristics. We have three cognitive faculties, Chachma, Bina, Das. We have emotional faculties, Chesed, Gvur, We have functional faculties, all of the different characteristics and kaychas and faculties of every human soul, which is b'tselem alikim, 
which the Tzalem Alekim has explained in Teres HaNister, in this context, as in the image of Kevayachal Hashem, who has these ten spheres. So a teacher, a real teacher, is not just communicating with his head, as you'll see. Every Jewish prati, any class, any communication, includes a whole structure of all the ten spheres. What does this mean? There is the idea, of course, there's the idea, the haskala of it, the seichel of it, the insight, the intellect is being communicated. There is expressing the novelty of it, the innovation of it, the chiddush of it. But there's also It's not enough that the mentor is just like a computer, a mouthpiece. There is the midas, the emotional disposition and state of the mentor. We call it words that come out of the heart. You can't just teach with your brain. You have to teach with your heart also. In other words, the mashpia must be a full person for the communication to be healthy, to be wholesome communication. If I'm only giving my brain, person has a great brain, but there's something missing from the information because everything has a full parts of. You have to teach with the heart also. You have to teach with the heart also. This itself is showing ganz gut. Umagam sheyesh midos bahadrush beetzam. It's not just the midah of the mashpia as a person. There's also in the drush itself, meaning in the toichen itself, the theme itself. There is midus. When you speak about the ramifications of an idea, how they affect you, the hayra, the directives that come out from this chiddush. A chiddush can't just be abstract ideas that are that are somewhere in, in, in that abstract, not relevant. You want to bring out the ramifications. That's what midoy. What, what's midoy? Midoy is the bechain, the bechain, the result, the ramification. Midoy means the way we respond to something, the way you get excited about something, right? Obechein uh, is the result, right? Like uh, the end of Sukkot the Zimra of Shabbos. Like Obechein, you stop. In other words, there can be an idea, huh? What? What did you say? I know it's inspired. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just using that word. That the Hayra Shayotzim Me'achidush is like okay. So now what? Right? Like the Gemara will say, Lamayin what does my life get out of it? That's the concept of Midas. Midas is to make it relevant. There could be an intellectual idea. It's irrelevant. It's just an intellectual idea in the world of intellect. Okay, it may be interesting. It may be intriguing if you have that type of brain. But a Midas means it excites me. I get emotional about it. Why do, you, why do you get emotional about something? Because it's relevant to your life. You can't get emotional about something if it's not relevant to your life. If there's no relevance, if there's no ramification, if it remains pure intellectual abstractions, you're not going to get excited about it on any level. So the middah is always the ramifications, the way it affects life. So it's not just the middah of the teacher. He also wants to bring out the middah of the idea. The, the, what comes out of it. Like in Allah, it's kosher, it's puzzle. In other words, what's the maskana? What's the conclusion? I, sometimes it's a different type of drush. That's if you're learning Ashtikal Gemara, Ashtikal Alocha, or Yispailus Ava Vyira Lahashem, Hayoitsi Minoisish Ladrush. 
or sometimes from the theme, the noisim is the theme of the drush, what can come out as an emotion, an experience of an ava, a sense of love, or a sense of awe, yira, of closeness, or awe of Hashem. That's the middah of it. You could speak about godliness, you could speak about good things, but it's just abstract. Okay, it's another idea, it's another truth. The mashpiyah has to bring out the middah of it, he has to bring out the relevance of it, the spilus of it. You say, hispilus, what's the word hispilus? Nispal, right? You get nispal. That comes from the word pu'ula. Pu'ula means it affects you, there's an impact. Excitement. Excitement means there's an impact, yeah? I can't love something or somebody if I don't feel that it's relevant to me. We love that which excites us, that which moves us, right? Just like we're afraid of that which moves us in one way or another. Just abstract ideas themselves don't translate into emotional relevance. The teacher can also speak, wants to also speak about the divrei musr, which means the moral, the moral conclusions. Musr in terms of, 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 of morality, of ethics, like musr, of the, of the theme. Shahu, this is called hanetzach hoid The netzach hoid of the drush. Hainu, haheskim lepoyal mamash. What it means in actuality, in actualization. There is Chabad, Chachma bin Adas. There's Chesed Guru Teferis. And then there's the Netzach Hoid Yisoid. In the body, Chachem bin Adas are associated with the brain. Chesed Guru Teferis with the right arm, the left arm, the torso. Netzach Hoid Yisoid are represented by the right thigh, the right leg, the left one. And Yisoid in Zoyer is Oizbris Kodesh. Malchus is either the mouth or your spouse. So the Mashpiyah can't just teach, huh? The Gemara says, "Asara kabin sichi yardu So you can't you can't just teach with this. You can't just teach with this part. You have to teach also with this part, and you have to teach also with the bottom. The whole goof has to be involved. So there is yes, teaching the idea. There's teaching with emotion, and teaching the emotion. And then there's bringing it down practically. That's called Netzach Haid Yisoid. What does it mean? As he puts it, L'poyal Mamash. Yeah. Everything. And also from the idea, to extract from the idea, the Chachma of the idea, the Bina of the idea, the Das of the idea, the Mida of the idea, and the actuality of it, the actualization. L'poyal Mamash. So what am I doing tomorrow? You know, people can hear great ideas. They can get even excited about it, which is wonderful. And then they say, tachlis, tachlis, <laughs> right? Give me lemaisa, lemaisa. Okay, so I'm leaving, I'm leaving the shir, I'm coming home, I'm going to work, lemaisa, right? What do, we, what do you want me to do? Lemaisa mamish, like in actuality, not just have a feeling and awareness. It always begins with an awareness and an insight and a, and a feeling, but, but tachlis lemaisa, that's called natzach the actualization, as he puts it, lepoyal mamish liyasur meirava seitav. Whether it's staying away from certain things or engaging in certain things, going away from ra and engaging in tov. So if this is, uh, this is the real mashpia, there is a full parts of every drush, even a drush prati. That, what does it mean a drush prati? It's not just when he's giving his mission statement. Or he's giving what they call the last lecture, you know. When he's giving his last lecture, then you have this. 
But this is every Drush Prati. Drush Prati means a regular Wednesday, a regular Monday, an individual Drush, and the Drush here as a Drash, as a, an individual speech, an individual class, an individual lesson is encompassed, encompasses a full parts of, of all ten spheres. Which just there's four Rosh Hashanahs on the line, so I don't know which one do you want. Netzachoid Yisoid Lepoil Mamish Sur Meirava Seitoif. You remember the first level of Truva and the next level of Truva. You remember from Lekutatayra Balak Matayvum. And this is important. You know, people uh, often go to seminars. They want to learn how to speak. Right, there's a, it's a big industry in America. They want to learn how to speak, how to communicate. You go to leadership seminars. Uh, how do you run a board meeting? How do you uh, uh, those who go to rabbinics, rabbinics, right? They'll teach you what do you get up? How do you speak to your congregation? They'll they'll, they'll teach you how to speak at a wedding, how to speak halil at a funeral, how do you speak at a shiv? There's a whole a whole industry around it. What's <laughs> lachst? <laughs> you go to Yeshiva University, they have four years rabbinics. Four years rabbinics. It's not just learning the halacha. You have to know uh, all the, all the pitchafkas, huh? <laughs> Hatzaga, he calls it. You know what Hatzaga? Hatzaga is a, a play. <laughs> acting, acting. <laughs> Theatrics. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's an old story they say about Aristotle, that uh, Aristotle was considered in the ancient world the greatest philosopher of all times, the great Greek philosopher. And Arsvarim is called Arista. Arista, Aristotle. So Aristotle was a uh, a student of Plato, who was a student of Socrates, and he was the tutor of a man named Philip. Philip the Great, who was the father of Alexander Mygdon. Chazal talk about of Alexander, Magdan Alexander of Macedonia, who's also known as Alexander the Great, and he's the one who really created the Greek Empire that resulted in the story of Hanukkah. Alexander, in the ancient world, was one of the greatest conquerors who ever lived. So um, apparently, his, he, when, when he was a child, his tutor was Aristotle, who was hired by his father, I think he was assassinated, his name was Philip. He was a king in Yavon in Greece. And then Alexander took over and expanded the empire. So Aristotle was considered the, the Chacham Shebechachamim, the sage of sages. And uh, he wrote a lot about philosophy. He also wrote a lot about ethics. So there's a story that's brought in Svarim. It's an interesting story. That once his students saw him doing something very, very ekeldic. Doing something very, very uh, perverse. Disgusting. And they were shocked. Aristotle, you, the great teacher of ethics. So the way the, the, the terminology, the term is used in the story, Aristotle looked at them and said, now I'm not Aristotle. <laughs> you know, now I'm just, uh, now I'm just an animal. <laughs> in the lecture hall, I'm Aristotle. Now I'm not Aristotle. <laughs> there was, uh, in Cambridge University in England, there was a man named Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell was very, very world-renowned, also known as a very well-known atheist. And uh, he was also known as not being very faithful to his wife. 
to put it mildly. Very well known for this. And somebody once asked him, <laughs> you teach ethics. How could you behave this way? He was like, he wasn't just, you know, he was very well known for this, and he was a mahadir in it. He he had he had a lot of relationships going on, and it was uh, very not uh, very nishbatamt, as he would say in Yiddish, as your grandmother would say. So somebody once asked him, "You teach ethics? How can you behave this way?" So this is what he said. <laughs> he was a smart man. He said, "I also teach mathematics. I also teach algebra. I also teach trigonometry, and I'm not a circle, and I'm not a triangle." You teach about triangles, you have to become a triangle. You teach about circles, you have to become a circle. You teach about ethics, you have to be ethical. That's not a Jewish concept. (laughs) That's not a Jewish concept. Not just because it's not nice, because the teaching is a different type of teaching. The teaching is a different type of teaching. When you don't believe what you're teaching, it's a different teaching. Huh? Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's like a computer. A computer could teach you much better. A mouthpiece. You're a mouthpiece. You have to live with what you say. That's what Rabbi Tam says in Sefer Hayasher. Because the student is also not a computer. Words that come from the heart enter the heart. There's nothing like the power of words that come from the heart. You can have the most brilliant, colorful tapestry that you create from words. And it's beautiful from an aesthetical point of view. But nothing comes close to the genuineness, to the genuine quality of something. When it's genuine, when it's authentic, when it's authentic, when it's MS, when it's coming from the MS of the person, it touches the recipient in a different way. So therefore... You know, so all these things, here right away you have, you want to teach, you want to give over any drush, make sure all the ten spheres are covered. You'll sometimes hear something, interesting idea, but what's not, you don't feel the emotion of it, the relevance of it. That's why you use the phrase, when you spoke about yeah. parts of Shalom. Parts of Shalom. Not just Harmi Yosem we think about it. Right, right. Embracing the completeness. Yeah, the completeness. Yeah. Ah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I guess we could say Lahavdal. Even when it's even when it's coming, even if you're giving a speech at a business meeting, right? You're a salesman, or you want to make a pitch, or you want somebody. You're talking to a group of investors, right? Everybody will tell you. These are the, the olive base, the ABC. If you're just going to talk about an idea in an abstract way, you're not going to get their money. <laughs> you need to speak to their mind. You got to speak to their heart, and then you got to speak to their wallet. <laughs> Which, in a very simple way, is you know the head and the heart, and then you got to get to the pants, to the lower part. If you only speak to the wallet, it's not going to work. You need an idea. Somebody gave me a book that says, always start with why, something like that. Always start with why. In other words, tell me why. I need the idea here. But if it just stays with the why, you want me to get excited? People, people, you know, they put their money where their heart is, or they put their heart where their money is. Depends how it works. So these are the different dynamics that have to be here. 
when a person teaches. So when you make a presentation, the teacher has to ask himself, okay, is the Chachma covered? Is the Bina covered? Is the Das covered? Are there Midas here? <laughs> is the Tachlis here? Is the Netzachayd Yisayd here? Vazak still? Yeah, yeah. 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 Ich weiß, was a Mishlam is. Listen, we're not talking... Every person has flaws and chesroinus, and there's a teacher maybe better in this, better in that. You know, he's describing here an ideal situation. But everybody can grow and perfect and become better. There's no, no person is Muslim. But you try, you know, you try, you grow, you challenge yourself, and uh, you see where you're missing, and you try to fill it up. Fill it. Facts tell, stories sell. Yeah, you need the story, not just the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Vilachain. And note, when he speaks about Midas, he's speaking about the Midas of the Mashpia as a person. Meaning, I feel for it, I'm excited about it. But then there's also the Midas of the idea. The fact that I am excited about it is very important, but I also have to bring out the excitement of the idea, not just my own excitement. You know? I may be teaching about something and I'm getting very excited about it, but you have to bring out the midas of the idea also, both of the gavr and of the chafza, so to speak. And that's why, if there's many listeners, if there's an audience of diverse people, everybody will receive it according to his own vessel, according to his own keli. Just like, if somebody is pouring soup and you have a large bowl, right? If the soup, there's, there's, a, there's a flow, there's a waterfall. You have a large keli, you'll be able to fill up more water. You have a small keli, you'll be able to fill up less water. Every person that hears, always hears things according to their keli, which is critical for the teacher to understand. They're not hearing what you're saying. They're hearing what they're capable of hearing of what you're saying. You have to always know the keli. The vessel, every person receives according to his scale. You can't expect it otherwise. I have my brain, my heart, I have my biases, I have my insecurities, I have my baggage, I have my preview. What do I come with? Right? Nobody shows up in a vacuum. I come with something. Everyone comes with stuff, even in this class. <laughs> Everybody comes. It's just not hatched suddenly by a shear. So therefore, every person receives according to their keli, to their fa- vessel. Every person, therefore, ain't hakal makabal b'shava. You can't expect that everybody's going to be makabal in the same way. Some people are touched by some things more than others. Some things will just go over people's heads. It doesn't even register. It's like, I didn't even hear it. And for another person, those words could make a ma'pech in his whole life. It's a fascinating thing. One person was open to it. And those words, woo, they penetrated him, they transformed. The other person, you know, he was sleeping, he was texting. He didn't even notice something was happening. You can have in the same room two experiences of two people completely different. They're sitting in the same place, they're looking in the same direction, <laughs> but it's completely two different experiences. So what do you hear me saying, Nabaran? Very well. <laughs> What do you hear me say? Th- therapists love this, right? They'll have couples, right? 
the husband will speak and then the wife has to repeat what he said, what she heard him say, and then he can correct himself. And the other way is even more exciting, right? She speaks and then he has to repeat what he heard her say. Because what you say and what I heard you say is usually not the same thing. It's very rare, unless you have training, unless you really know. Because especially in a marriage where there's sometimes baggage, you're bringing everything into a conversation. If I'm listening to a stranger, I can actually listen. Because I'm not bringing anything in. But I'm listening to somebody who's very close to me, and especially if there may be some strife and difficulties, I can't just listen to what you're saying. I have to listen to what I'm saying while you're saying, right? What am I listening to? You're speaking, but I'm not really listening to you. I'm listening to my brain, which doesn't stop chatting about you. <laughs> so how can I stop listening to me so I should start listening to you? It's not only about that we listen differently. It's that different things will be triggered even if we do not Of course, of course. Because we listen to the person based on our experiences. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. If I have a very low feel, if I have a very challenging or negative feeling about this person, right or wrong, we're not discussing if it's right or wrong. It could be completely wrong and completely just my own, you know, unresolved tensions. But the fact is that I'm so judgmental and I will not give you the benefit of the doubt and anything I can interpret negatively, I interpret it negatively. She said this. He said this. But what's the big deal? If there would just be a positive spin, it's fine. But I'm already imposing all that. So this is a very humbling idea of really recognizing, you know, what is the Kaylee that I'm bringing into the conversation? What is the Kaylee? It's an extremely, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very sophisticated and, and mature idea. You're always listening with your Kayla. You know, when we speak about other people, like we often say, we're not really speaking about them. We're just telling the people who we are, what we believe. That's what it is. We think we're back to the pointing of the finger, you know. I'm pointing my finger at you, but really I'm just telling you who I am, not who you are. But then there's a Talmud who's called a Talmud Muvak. You can have an audience of a lot of people, and you can have a lot of students. But there's something called a Talmud Muvak. In Halacha too. Talmud Muvak, I don't even know how to translate it. Huh? A Talmud Muvik, a Talmud Muvik is like the student, you know, the disciple. Not elite, but the student who is, he's completely a Talmud. The ultimate Talmud, I would put it this way. The Talmud that he's happy to identify himself his entire life as a Talmud of this person. He doesn't need anything else. I don't need anything else. His greatest pride and joy is, I'm a student. There's nothing else. This is it. This is, you know, his resume, beginning, middle, and end. That's called the Talmud movement. Uh, the intimate, very intimate. So he says, Everyone hears. And not everybody can hear the same way. But there's a Talmud who's called Muvik. When he sits down to listen, he becomes Mamish Achalol Reikon. Achalol Reikon means an empty space. That's what a Talmud Muvik is. In other words, he's completely in. He's not bringing in, but I heard this at Shalashuddas, and I heard this, and I heard, both on an intellectual level and on an emotional level. He is completely open. Chalol means empty. Like Chalol, right, is empty. Reikon is completely empty. You can have a little empty. 
cup is half empty. Chalal Reikon Mamish means he's completely open. In other words, he's completely tuned in. It's not like 10%, you know, he, he has stocks in different places. All his investments, he puts all the eggs. He, he believes that all the eggs are here. So the basket doesn't have any eggs. What do they say? Don't put all your eggs in one basket, but he does. And therefore, Therefore, he will make sure not to lose even one word from his teacher. The other one, okay, he dreamt, he, he went daydreaming for 10 minutes. Yeah, Bruchim Abayim, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to planet Earth. We had a teacher. Uh, I guess it wasn't the best thing for self-confidence, right? So we would say, welcome back to planet Earth. You know, I saw you were here, you were there, you were there. Welcome back. But the Talmud Muvuk, he will not allow himself to lose one word. Why? Because this is who he is. He is completely, completely dedicated to this truth. So what happens is, from every Drush Prati, from any individual class, he himself will be reconstructed with the full structure. We spoke before about the full structure, the parts of, of the teacher. But who, he himself will be The real student, as a result of this class, and obviously the class has to suit the bill. You know, we're not talking about a guy, he's just, he opens up a book and is repeating words. We're talking here, the ultimate teacher, the ultimate student. So the student receives Meichen Chadash. Meichen Chadash means a new mind, meaning a new way of looking at things, a new perspective, a new insight. V'haskala Chadash. A new haskala, a new seichel. Umispal me'avaviyirim mechadash mikal drush prati. It's fresh for him. So any individual class allows him to get excited all over again, as though it was the first time, with a new sense of love, a new sense of awe. The same is true in his own from even an individual class, he's ready to absorb a new seder, a new system of avoid, a new behavior. And it comes without saying that he's completely immersed and experiences tremendous pleasure. So the teacher comes to the class with all of his ten spheres, and the student comes to the class with all of his ten spheres. The teacher teaches with all of the ten spheres in the idea, and the student is reconstructed, reconstructs himself on all ten spheres. Because he's not just listening with his mind, he's listening with his heart, he's listening with his torso, he's listening with his feet, he's listening with his hands, of course he's listening with his brain. He's listening on every level. So therefore, he's open to the new insight. He's open to the new emotion. He gets excited all over again based on this new message. He's open to a, a change in behavior. He's going to go home and be a different person. I was just an individual drush, but he's a real Talmud. He came in, you know, he's there for the kill. He's there, what I mean, completely. He's completely single-minded. There's no hesachadas. He's not in a hundred places. He's completely, completely present. When you're present on every level, it can impact you on every level. When you're not present, it can't impact you. Now, of course, you can only be present in a place where you trust. 
you know, if, if it's boring or irrelevant or, or, or monotonous, you're not gonna, the Talmud won't do this. That's, that's part of the Talmud Muvak. There is real trust. There's confidence. There's betachen. If I can't trust, why should I do this? You sit back like this, you know, you sit outside and you do your own thing. And if he says a good vart, fine, it's a good vart. But the Talmud Muvak is, is completely in. And we see, When he speaks to his student, the idea must be organized in his thought before, as the Pasuk puts it, in Eiv, You see it and you tell yourself the story before you communicate it to another person. And the Medrash learns from this, that Hashem, before he used to say something to Moshe Rabbeinu, he would say it, he would say it four things to himself, the Medrash Rabbi says, which means you're talking about Hashem. In other words, you have to first see it and tell the story. The Pasuk uses over there four terms. You have to see it and tell the story and research it and understand it. And then, so it says, Hashem would say it, He would say it four times to himself before he started to teach it. Because before you teach it to yourself, you can't teach it to others. It's another mistake people make. If you didn't communicate it to yourself, if you're not excited about it, if you don't get it, nobody else is going to get it. You can't just start with telling it to other people. You have to start telling it to yourself. Or the other way. Yeah. They say from Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim felt in Asbara, felt in Havana. So therefore, Tzadich, so the Mashbiya has to have it before. Tzadich liyais beiz mini hachanas. Mi kaidem la'atzmai, kaidem shemagala bedibur l'talmidai, kenege dalad oisius havaya. There has to be f- two types of preparations. First, for himself, before he communicates it verbally to his student. And as we will see, they parallel the four letters of Yutke Vavke. He's going to explain. That's what the Pasuk says in Eiv. Ra vayisapra. Ra is chachma. Vayisapra is bina. Chachma is you see it. Bina is already a story. This is all the seichel in himself, the klal of it, and the prat of it. The seminal point in the kuda, that's raw, you see it. And then you have to tell the story that's binna, that's the prat. That's not enough. Now, you have to reconstruct it as a product for the student. In your mind, we're talking, because you didn't teach it yet. You have to prepare it for him. First, bederech klal, v'zeo havav. That's the vav of yutke vavke. V'achakach meichim bederech prat l'tzarech hamakabal, shuhayacherayna. Then you got to break it down, the details, what you're going to teach. That's the last hay of Shem Avaya. K'may sh'aimnim, there's an expression in Zoyar, in, not in Zoyar, in Svarim of Kabbalah. Shir b'koyach ma sh'osed liyez b'poyel. Very powerful idea. He estimated in Koyach and potential what is going to be in actualization. In other words, everything that plays itself out 
was first in my mind, everything. Those are the four stages. Because every teacher must evaluate the echos. Echos is the quality from the word ech. Ech, right? Ech means how. How it is, the quality of it. The quality of the vessel of the recipient, both generally and individually. You have to be able to prepare the full picture for him, but then you also have to understand how to communicate the details to him. You can't just have the general picture you're going to tell him. You have to exp- and organize in your mind how you're going to communicate it individually. That's what the pastor continues. That's the Lashon in Eoiv. Azra, Vayisapra, right? Vigam Chakra, Vayoymer Laodam. So there's four stages of preparation. And those are the four letters of Yutke Vavke. You know, you hear the four letters. It's not just some four letters. The, Hashem is the teacher. He's communicating. In this case, of course, in the Nimshal, the teacher is not just giving a shear. The shear is creating. <laughs> Imagine you have to sit down for a class and you're not just giving information. You're actually creating every concept you speak about. <laughs> it would be pretty uh, intense. Imagine the responsibility. Imagine when I tell you something, I'm not saying words. I'm creating that reality. I'm literally creating that reality. I speak about a person, I'm creating that person. I speak about an emotion, I'm creating that emotion. It's pretty, it's a big responsibility. You gotta figure out what you're gonna say before you open your mouth. But the truth is when we speak, we do create. Huh? Fictional what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A person writes a fictional novel, right? And he creates fictional characters. And he gives them a body, and he gives them a physique, and he gives the color of the eyes, and personality, and a mindset, and a background. It's a home at Zeus. And you're reading it, and you're starting to cry. <laughs> what are you crying? You're crying for my fiction. And it's very powerful. It's very powerful. These are all creations of your own mind. So Yudke Vavke really are the four, the four stages in the development of the idea within the Mashpia before it's ready to be communicated to the Makabal. That's down here and up there, up there I mean in the Nimshal, in the spiritual realm, it's the four stages that will be communicated, that will create the very Makabal. Not just will be given to him, but will also create the him to be given to him. In other words, Hashem's shear is not just a shear that's suitable to the makabal. It's the type of shear that he gives that creates the type of makabal. <laughs> we speak about different worlds. Atzilas, Bri, Yitzirasi. What's the difference of the world? It's a different shear. <laughs> Hashem is giving a different shear. In Bri, he's giving one shear. In Yitzir, he's giving a different shear. Or at least they hear a different part of the shear. So here the student is one type of student, and here the student is another type of student. Because it's that energy, it's that information that is creating the vessel, that is creating the world. Am I making myself clear? Yeah, so what's the, the, head? 
That's why he starts off, he has to have There's two preparations for himself, visa himself. And then there's two preparations of himself, visa the students. Got it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's one for, it's it's both sides, but it's much more painful on one side. In other words, let's say uh, I let's say I prepare a, a a very powerful, what I hope is a very powerful, meaningful, inspirational, profound class, right? And I show up, and nobody's here, not even the not even the video. The video, I can delude myself that, you know, they're listening in South Korea and in China and so on and so forth. You remember we had from Baghdad, from, from Iraq, we had 18 people that called in for the Gemara Shri, you remember? I thought, I thought it was, uh, we have to call the FBI, it was maybe ISIS. You remember one morning we were learning, I remember Beit Yerushana and the Shalom said, 18 people from Iraq, 18 people from Baghdad called in today. I thought, who knows what? Why are 18 people in Iraq tuning into the Gemara Shri? But nobody shows up. So it's, it's pain, it's a painful experience. It's like, you know, you want to give, you have what to give, and nobody's there. There's no Kaylee. But what the other way around? <laughs> right, that's what I said. A student shows up. I don't only mean physically he shows up, you know, he took time, that also. But emotionally, he shows up, and there's nothing, there's nobody there. She'd say, oh, I'm busy. Right, that's a very, very, in both cases, is a deep void. But one is shattering. One is shattering. When the mashpia doesn't have the makabal, he feels it's, it's very hard because there's nobody to take all this, you know, internal energy and vitality. But when the makabal shows up and there's nobody in mashpia, so what did he do? He created an empty space. That means he removed himself. That's a form of, uh, uh, it's a form of very deep bittle. In other words, I, I, self-abnegation in order to receive your energy. And I come and there's nothing there. Nobody shows up. That's a very, very painful experience. It's a shattering experience. In many ways, you could see it with a husband and a wife. You know, a husband is often defined as a mashpia and a woman is defined as a makabal. Looks like the woman, biologically, Hashem has, the woman has the rechem, the uterus that carries, that receives the child, and it's made to receive the child every month. That's where the concept of damnida comes, etc. So, there's the mashpia not showing up, and there's the makabal not showing up. The makabal not showing up is painful, but the mashpia not showing up, when I open myself up to you, and I needed you to fill it because it became empty and you're not there. You're not really present. So it shatters the confidence and the emotions of the makabal in a very profound way. To be a mashpia, you have to be present. To be a makabal, you have to be present. And there has to be that confidence that when I show up, you'll show up. When you show up, I'll show up. So the mashpia needs four stages of preparation. Ra that's all himself. Klal and Prat, Chachma and Bina. What's the difference of Ra Vayisapra? They're seeing something and they're telling the story. When you see something, what do you see? What's the difference of seeing and hearing? One is called Chachma, one is called Bina. What's the difference? 
min haklala laprat or min aprata laklal. If you go into an art gallery, yeah, and you see a beautiful piece of art, what do you see first? You see the full picture. You go into a beautiful home, what do you see? You see the entire house. You go into a beautiful mansion, what do you see? From the outside or the inside, you see the full picture, the whole thing, the whole panoramic, expansive picture. You look at a person, you see the whole physique. Now I could start analyzing the details, but that's not how you start. You start with the klal. The first preparation that the mashpiyah has to have is, he has to first have the klal. The klal is the big picture. What is it all about? But that's not enough. Then is Vayisapra, telling the story. When you tell a story, you can't start with the cloud. That's the difference between seeing something and hearing the story. When you hear a story, what do you hear? Detail after detail after detail. When I finish all the details, you're like, ah, now I got the story. You see the difference? In seeing, you start with the cloud and then you go to the prat. You start with the full picture and then you go to the details. Now you analyze detail by detail. But in hearing, whether it's hearing a story or hearing a piece of music, you always hear one detail, another, and it gets built up in your brain until you have the whole story. You go from the prat to the cloth. It's a very different experience. The difference of re'iya, seeing, and shmi'a, hearing. Or in Kabbalah, it's the difference between chachma and bina. Chachma is you see the idea, like you just get it. It's always like... In a split second, chachma is this. You just got it. I got it. You know when you have that uh, flash, the epiphany, the insight. You got it all. It's not details. You just got it. You know you got it. But you can't say it. You can't write it. Because you it, it, you didn't really get it. It got you. It's like a lightning. It's like it's dark and you have a lightning. Boom. It's Everything is bright. The problem is it's for a split second. And then it's gone. What's Bina? Bina is reconstruction. It's taking it detail by detail. It's much more tedious. It's much more detailed. Chachmas klal, Bina is prat. I think they say from Edison that all invention, all invention in history is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Chachmas inspiration, Bina is perspiration. You know what perspiration is, yeah? Schwitzen. Dav schwitzen. Sweating. Sweating it out. Chachma, you can't prepare for. It's like, boom, you see it. It happens. You can, you can hopefully open yourself up to it, but you can't anticipate it. Bina is a process. So the first thing the teacher has to have before he teaches is the klal. You gotta see it. If you don't see it, if you don't see your speech, if you don't see your class, if you don't see the picture, don't teach it. You gotta really see it. And what do you see? You see everything. You just see the whole thing. But that's not enough because you're going to be communicating it. Now you have to go to the Prat. For you, this is all for yourself. That's Yud and Hey. Yud is a seminal point. It's Chachma. Hey is Bina. It's expansion. But that's not enough. That's all inside of me. But now I'm teaching you. Ooh, now I need a whole new avoid. Now I got to figure out who you are. Now I got to go to your Klal and your Prat. I have to figure out what's the big picture I'm communicating to you. And then I have to figure out that's the Vav. And then I have the hey, which is how I communicate the details to the student. That's Azra, Vayisapra, and Chakra, and Vayoyma Adam. Okay.
This really matches up. We've spoken about many times about being the father, the mother, the mother, how the Chachma is the father. Yeah. 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 The father contributes the seed of life. That's like Chachma. And then the mother turns it into a story. And it's always a process. It's a process of nine months. Where Chachma, as we know, is, is, is a moment. The father contributes the seed and he runs away, huh? He could. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see it in the shape. The Yud is a seminal point. The hay is expansive. The Vav is the Yud, but it's the Yud coming down. It's stretching down into the Makabal. And then the hay is developing that Vav. So the first hay develops the first Yud, and the second hay develops the Vav. Yeah. Machseya good. I hope I gave the seichel of the idea and the midas of the idea and the practicality of the idea. <laughs> we have to, 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 when I'm with you, I turn my phone off. So they feel. And they, so they, you know, this is focused. He's in. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You shut it off. And you make a point of showing them. Very important. Very important. Very good. Beautiful. You hear what he says? When he meets his grandchild, he takes the phone and he says, now I'm with you, it's going off. So they... They can know and be assured that he's fully present. In other words, not just he turns it off. He, he shows them that he's turning it off. So they should have the confidence that he's fully present. It's a very valuable thing. I learned that from Yaki uh, Horowitz. He said when he would have his students, they're going to talk about it. And it's really, by their one second, she doesn't want to plug the phone. You just have four wires. Remember those things? I learned this from him. Beautiful. It works. They can open up much more. Yeah, they know you're there. They know you're there. I bet it's too fast because. Because if that thing rings, that thing buzzes, I'm, I'm, I'm second in line almost. Beautiful. There's a guy in our shoe. He started out like a hippie. And a couple of weeks ago, they had my story. And he told over that he asked the Rebbe if it's okay to smoke weed. I, I have no experience with this at all. But the Rebbe said to him, the person thinks he has something and then he loses it. It seems to me that that's like the Kaufman without the Bina. And the Rebbe says, the meaning of Sitra, the meaning of evil. Can you look at it like this? If have something and you could lose it. I know nothing about it myself. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You can't be a rab if you're not a Talmud. 
more explaining how this happened. What is it? It's a good question. Most people are Talmudim, not a Rav. But in order to be a Talmud, you have to have such a Rav. Most people are not Talmudim. Because in order to be a Talmud, you have to really trust. You understand? Of course it goes for children. Especially for children. Yeah. A Talmud here is not necessarily talking about a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old mature person. A Talmud, we're always Talmudim. When we're two years old, we're even more students, because when we're two, we're really vulnerable, we really trust. You know, once you hit 40, it's like, yeah, who's going to tell me something, you know? You become your own Rebbe, for good or for bad. I'm saying even, exactly, a Talmud could work on everything and show up. But if he doesn't have the Rav to show up on the same level, it's going to be betrayal. And then it'll be much worse, because he'll never trust again. But that's everybody's experience. Back. Essentially, I mean, I didn't get into it. You know, we're speaking now in Gemara about Tumah and Tara. Right? Every month, a woman goes through a stage of Tumah. What is it? Nida. What happens? So biologically, a woman's uterus, yeah, prepares every month to carry a baby. It's an amazing thing how Hashem created the body. Every month, her womb literally is built and it has a lining ready to absorb a baby. But sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen. So what happens? When the uterus sees there's no baby, it dissolves. And the woman starts bleeding. The gushing of blood is basically because the uterus was preparing to hold the baby. And it's empty. It's a makabal. It's a very deep muscle. The word rechem means a womb, from the word rachem. It's basically, she opens up a space. It's not a simple thing. We don't have this experience. Men don't have this experience. Our bodies are just, you know, doing the same thing. But every month, she's opening herself up to carry another person for nine months. <laughs> That's not an easy thing, right? Try to carry a person for nine months. Yeah, everything has to be double. You have to work double as hard. You're doubly tired and you have to eat more and drink more and your moods are different. You know, you're carrying like you're just carrying a child for nine months. So when that potential doesn't happen, the child doesn't show up. Yeah. The uterus dissolves and there's a tremendous amount of blood. The emotions are very powerful. And we know a woman during that time is very, very emotional. Why? So sometimes men completely don't understand, but you have to understand what it means. From a spiritual perspective, the macabre showed up ready, and there was nothing there. It's not about fault or anything. It just wasn't supposed to be there, but it wasn't there. That has a tremendous impact on the body, on the psyche, and the result is tumma. What is tumma? Tumma means whenever there was tremendous potential that was not realized, right, it creates a challenging state, spiritually and emotionally. You understand what I'm saying? And this is true in so many areas of life. In elementary school, for example, you can say this Rebbe was, this is Jen, this Rebbe wasn't engaged, this Rebbe was fantastic, this Rebbe was lovely and warm. So each, each mashbia, like, some yeah. than others, and it teaches you. For sure. It teaches you not to trust everything. So Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. 
It's very hard, especially today. That's why a Talmud Muvik is unique. A Talmud Muvik does complete trust. He comes to the Shir and he's completely open. I know, I know, I know. I got it. I got it. I got it. You're saying if you're coming and you know this guy's in a bad mood and this guy was supposed to be a computer programmer, but he couldn't get a job. Every Rebbe that came from Europe, he knew a little Torah, so he came Right, if he came from Europe, right. I got it. And this guy had a temper problem. And this guy had other issues. Yeah. You're right. You're not going to trust. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are all from Europe. And that's why when Lenny started to come to this year a few years ago, right? And he asked his first question. And I listened. And he said that this is the first time he asks a question and he's not being uh, chastised. Do you remember? Huh? I said, how could you say Rosh Lakish was a gladiator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could say that I'm an Avinavi He was surprised that I didn't call him a heretic. <laughs> he was surprised this was his experience. So, so that's that. Yeah, you're right. Elisha, you know, became a Talmud Muvaka of Eliyahu. Eliezer became a Talmud Muvuk of Avraham. Yeshua became a Talmud Muvuk of, Ye- of Moshe. But they could trust them. Because the teachers were worked out people. A teacher, a teacher could come and say to the students, you know, I was in a very bad mood yesterday, I apologize. That allows you to trust the teacher. He's human, he had a weak moment, and he confronted it. Right? Or a teacher could say, I'm out of it, I'm in a bad mood, I'm very, I'm very anxious, I'm exhausted, I'm hungry, I'm, I'm out of it. The problem is not when a teacher is out of it or has a weak moment. Every human being has weak moments. It's when the weak moments are not acknowledged as weak moments. And they're covered up as this is the way it's supposed to be and it's always your problem. So then the student loses that trust. More often the case. It's like you said last week, yeah. In a real marriage, it's not the fight. How do you make up Right. Right. With marriage, it's not the fight, it's the repair. The ability to repair. Always, yeah. People do the opposite. They hear something, they show up with talking about yeah. Well, that's not a student. A student means I'm here, I want to really listen. Any student, a Talmud Muvik for sure, but any student. From just here to chop somebody, then that's the, it's just cynical, I mean. Then I'm not the opposite of a student. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.